And thanks to our other sponsors, the Genesis Group, First Eyes, and AB Media. That's abbimedia.com. They host my website, thecountrywriter.com, where you can send me a message or buy one of my books. This week, right now. I was in my 50s when I started my writing career. When most people were enjoying their newfound discounts at Denny's and Cracker Barrel and planning for retirement, I was reinventing myself. And I have my father to thank for this. I speak at a lot of events in Texas, Arkansas, and other places they'll have me. Civic organizations, corporate events, and other groups are always looking for speakers, and their invitations give me a chance to share the story of how and why I began writing later in life, and why you should too. It also gives me a chance to sell my books, which satisfies the capitalist in me. Most people are quite surprised to learn that I was 52 when I started writing professionally. I know a number of people who work their entire lives to make it as a writer, but if I'm honest, I fell into it. I was very blessed, very lucky, and I believe very called to do it. My father used to tell my sister and me great stories of growing up during the Depression and the Second World War. Not that those periods were great, but his stories were. And when I became an adult, I urged him to document his tales, but he had little interest in doing so. He was far more interested in telling the stories than in writing them down. My senior English teacher kept me after class one day to tell me I had a gift for writing. Through the years, my friends told me that I had a gift for putting words together, and that was based on letters, emails, social media posts, but I didn't pursue it. When a new thing called a blog debuted, several friends encouraged me to start a weekly post. What would I write about, though? Why would anyone want to read it? I decided that it didn't matter whether anyone read it, except my dad. I would write about the very thing I'd asked him to recount, I'd document the stories of my youth, and it would be my way to get him to write down his life story. So, I wrote about fried bologna sandwiches, my Murray bike with a sissy bar, unrequited seventh grade love, and my first car. Each week, I'd send the link to my dad, hoping he'd become inspired. What I didn't know was that the editor of the local paper had somehow discovered my blogs, and he was reading them too. One day, a phone call came that included an invitation to become a columnist in the local paper. I accepted, thinking that if I had both a blog on the Internet and a column in a newspaper, that would convince my dad to write his life story. But it didn't. Time marched on. One day, I received a letter from a reader of my column asking where she and her husband could buy my books. Well, I had no books, so I decided to write one. Then another. Still, my dad did not put pen to paper and tell his story. I just knew that if he saw his son write a blog, hundreds of columns, two books, and go on the speaking circuit to discuss growing up in the 60s and 70s, he would write his own life story. 
and then one June, about three o'clock in the morning, I received a long email. My father had written the story of his life. Now, it wasn't all there, but most of it was. He ended the email by saying that he was doing what I had asked, but that writing was hard work. He would write and send more later. Later never came. He passed away just two weeks after the email. But he sent me enough to fill in a lot of the blanks. And now, my children, my children's children, and descendants whom neither my father nor I will ever meet, will be able to know who my dad was, because he wrote it in his own words. Since my father's death, my column has expanded to a dozen newspapers in three states, and now I'm a contributor to national magazines, including the Pioneer Woman magazine and Countryside and Small Stock Journal. The October 14, 2020 edition of Countryside features an article I wrote about blacksmithing. All of this thanks to a teacher in high school, friends who believed in my ability, and a dad who resisted my requests to tell his own story. I now travel to speak to audiences about the importance of your family's history, yes, your family's history, and accepting a challenge when they come along, and how sometimes a challenge is actually God calling you to do something even when you're an old man of 52. I'm John Moore. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. I hope you have a great rest of your week. God bless.